May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in thy sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Preaching in the future is not going to be the same. Uh, You're here because you want to be here. I'm going to a place where I'll be preaching to young people who wish they were anywhere else other than in a chapel. Uh, So I've got that to come, but that's the ministry I feel called to that lies ahead of me uh, in a world where I'm going to be sowing seeds, if you like, to the next generation of people coming up and hopefully be filling the pews of churches like this in, in years to come, if not in the present. 1,300 people I'll have a pastoral oversight for, I'll be head of religious studies again uh, in Mill Hill in North London, over three schools, uh, and I shall do my best to be truthful to the gospel in that environment. But boy, I'm going to miss here, there is no doubt. But hopefully, now and again, I'll, I'll get an invite back in due course, and because I've become a friend of St. James, uh, there's an annual service Um, And if I pay my dues, you won't be able to stop me coming back anyway. So, uh, be warned. Uh, And I shall look forward to those occasions, of course. In fact, I'm not going just yet. I'll be around for a few more weeks. So, if you have need of the vicar, um, I'm still in the employ of the Church of England for a bit longer. And I'm not going to be going for for a few weeks yet. But uh, this is a very emotional time, a very emotional day for me. not least because it's also my daughter's 21st birthday today, as uh, fate would have it. Um, and uh, funny enough, she's not here, um, but, uh, and I uh, was even banished from living, sleeping in the rectory last night uh, because so I had to have a sleepover somewhere else. I thought, what's going on? How the ball is, uh, I don't know, it's changed because um, she had some friends and they... They've all come from the university, went out into Reading last night. She said, Dad, we might be back at four in the morning, so if you want some sleep, I would suggest you sleep elsewhere. Uh, So after the great party we had here last night, where we were dancing till midnight, uh, it wasn't a pretty sight at the end, I can tell you, because uh, uh, we were all joined hands. I think it was Santana we were joining hands to, and we were kind of dancing, and uh, as Zena said to me, this feels like an aerobics exercise we're doing here. Uh, and uh, we like old Lang Syne, and then to my horror, I was shoved into the middle. So there I was uh, doing my own dance in the middle. Not a pretty sight, I can tell you. But what a great! It felt like we were sharing the piece in a different way. Oh, don't worry about that. I've got another one up here. Uh, but um, but this is emotional, for, of course, because here we are, um, and uh, my last sermon here for for a while at least. And I'm reminded of the, of the vicar who was. Uh, you know, preaching week by week and stood at the door like John and I do. And, you know, any crumb, any crumb of, of, of uh, encouraging give the vicar, we, we lap it up. And uh, the vicar was out there, uh, this particular vicar, and he was lapping up the crumbs of comfort that were coming his way. And a lady said to him, you know, it's wonderful, vicar, that, that, that sermon you preached this morning. said, it made me think about the, the peace of God uh, and the love of God. He said, oh, really? Thank you for that. And he said, well... In what respects particularly? She said, well, maybe think about the peace of God because your sermon passed all understanding. Uh, and it, it made me think about the love of God because it seemed to go on forever. Well, uh, may this sermon communicate something to the peace of God and also the love of God in, in its real sense. Uh, 
communities. We've been in the news this week, uh, and uh, if you've been paying attention to the Prime Minister, it was the relaunch, wasn't it, of the big society idea and, and trying to put flesh on the bones of that, which is a bit of a damp squib in the election campaign. But the big society, and, and to sum it up, he said the big society is about uh, developing communities with oomph. And that was a headline in the Telegraph, uh, which somebody showed me. I don't get the Telegraph, just in case, you know, you're thinking, well, what, what paper does he read? Um, but the communities with oomph. And somebody said, I think that's what we got at St. James. And actually, you, you can argue that is the case at St. James. It, a church with oomph, whatever oomph means. But I think we've got it. Uh, and I applaud you for it. And we should celebrate the oomphness of what it is to be at St. James's church, it seems to me. Uh, Jesus didn't quite put it like that. The Bible doesn't quite say, I want communities with oomph. Uh, it says this, I want you to make the life of Jesus visible in your own bodies. Make the life of Jesus visible in your body, as an individual and as a community. And remember, remember, it's not just you that's doing it, it's God working through you. Because, as that reading from St. Paul says, this is very, very, very important, it seems to me. Uh, we have the treasure of God in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. So the power we celebrate it is, and, and the oomphness that we experience comes from God. We are channels of God's Spirit to one another, to the community in which we live, and that's why I believe uh, people come to St. James, because they, they sense the power and the love of God. That's why people come. Uh, what an extraordinary week we've had. When, when you look at uh, the people who've come through the doors this week, the Flower Festival... Thank you, ladies, for all the flowers. Uh, I don't think there are any gentlemen doing flowers. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the gentlemen were supporting in different ways. But the, the le- it, was, uh, it was wonderful. And it was a great moment for me, because the architect was here with his snagging list. And the last time you've been in here, of course, or many occasions, you've been with another army of workers, of builders. Uh, but here was the other army of willing volunteers doing the flowers, creating this church. That was an example of the community... Uh, expressing itself, the body of Christ being made visible. Uh, we had it in the hog roast last night. We've, uh, we had it uh, when the bishop came. On Wednesday night, we opened up our doors to people of the village to come and look at the archives of this church, because we exist not just for our own selves, but for, for people in the community. How does it happen? How, how does it happen? I'm actually trying to write something, reflection on, on this. The, the, what I, my understanding of what I feel is going on at St. James. Uh, because we, we are now, as the bishop has acknowledged, um, one of the, the largest single churches in the whole of the Oxford Diocese. There aren't many churches like this around, and we should thank God for that. And also, one has to say that the breadth of understanding, the way we understand Christianity here, I think is one of our strengths. The Church of England describes itself as having three honourable strands, evangelical, Catholic and liberal, scripture, tradition and reason. And I think we try to embrace difference in St. James's Church. And that, to me, is one of its amazing strengths. But I want to now just point you to three windows in this church, because when you've forgotten what I've said... Uh, the windows will still be here to remind you 
of, of the message that I think on the St. James's Patronal Festival we want to celebrate. Because the windows tell stories. They, tell, they get to the heart of the gospel. And so if you ever want to be reminded what church is about, come and look at the windows. Uh, and I'm going to start with this one up here. I, I guess I'm going to walk down, walk down to it, if my microphone could be on, Carolyn. Because to me, this is uh, the most glorious window. It's the window uh, of the transfiguration. And I often look at it when I'm singing uh, and, 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 and enjoy it. And the key words in there, it says, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Or another translation says, listen to him. So we come to church, essentially not to listen to the vicar, uh, whoever it is, but to hear, hear the words of Christ. So here, here, that's the focus, and that's what we do through the words and the music and the liturgy, and hopefully through the sermons too, in different ways, but from each other. And St. James is in that window. We don't know who it is, and I rather like that. He's a not, well, I don't know who he is. Olive might know. Do, Olive, do we know who St. James is in there? No. And so there's something rather lovely about that. He could be one of three, as James and John and um, Peter went up the mountain and where Jesus, the transfiguration, it was a, I don't know, understanding of his divinity in a, in a, in a unique way. Um, and so, we, like St. James, are at the foot of Christ, and we come to the altar here, and we kneel down, and we want to hear what God is saying to us. It's amazing how people say to me, week after week, they come and they hear a word through the words, or the sermons, or the music, or something. And they, it was a real investment of time coming to church. And yeah, I had to give up going to the sales. Um, or I had to give up time doing something else with the family, wherever it might be. Worthy things. But I've invested time coming to church. And you know, it was worth the investment. I've heard God speaking to me. Hear ye him. That's the focus. That's one window which I think uh, bears further study. The other, the other thing that is seems to me, is, is uh, at the heart of what it is to be a Christian. Not just hear the words, but doers of the word. Jesus didn't say, listen to me. He said, do it. And you will know them by their fruits. You will know people by their fruits. He said, you can have faith that can move mountains, but you have not love. You're nothing. So, to me, yes, faith, having the right understanding about God is important, but what's far more important is living it out. It's living out. So I love, uh, when I first came to St. James, a group of people say, we, we call ourselves the hopeful agnostics. <laughs> we kind of, we're not sure about this, that and the other, but, but their lives, the lives speak volumes. People whose lives just proclaim the love of God. And we speak with our lives. And the God of whom we worship is always going to be mysterious. There's always going to be questions about which we pass our understanding. However, person that the sermon may or may not be. I'm coming to the second window now because this is love in action. This is this is it. There's a lovely window. I like the fact it's tucked around here now. It's discreet. It's uh, Saint Martin, and so on Saint James's Day we also think of the communion of the saints. Saint Martin is a great. He was a Roman soldier, got converted to Christianity, became a monk, uh, and famously did what? Okay, what did he do? Going to teacher mode. Uh, he did, he cut his cloak in two because he came across a beggar and he cut his cloak in two to keep the beggar warm. And then he had a dream that Jesus was saying to him, in, in clothing that beggar, you also clothe me. 
And of course the Gospel says, in that you did it to the least of one of these, you do it also to me. I have been on the receiving end of countless acts of love and service here. I, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. Both Penny and I acknowledge that. Uh, and it's, it is quite extraordinary, the love that I've experienced. And I know that others say that too. And this is a training ground in loving service. That's what church seems to me to be about. And if you've experienced that love here, you've been blessed. And we, we take that love out into the world. That love that is... Uh, Visualised in the sacraments, we take the bread and the wine. We're taking that into the world. It's a visual symbol of that. And I like the fact it's tucked around the corner here. You may not know St. Martin was there, because a lot of acts of loving kindness are done secretly that nobody knows about. They're just done. They're just done. And then the, the last window is here, the Cana of Galilee window which is uh, the story of Jesus at the wedding where the wine ran out. Uh, and uh, before I just refer to the meaning of that window for me, uh, I want to tell you a story. It seems it links to that window. It's about a vicar who was leaving the parish. And uh, clearly he was, he was a bit sad at the thought of leaving the, 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 the parish and shaking hands and saying goodbye to people. And a, a lady, quite an elderly lady, came up to him and and said, uh, Vicar, sorry, sorry leaving the parish, he said, and the next person is not going to be as good as you. Well, the vicar was flattered by this, inevitably. He said, well, he said, it was very kind of you to say that, but I'm sure, I'm sure the next person will be even better than me. And she said, no, no, I can tell you now, the next vicar is not going to be as good as you. He said, well, well how can you be so sure? She said, well, I've been here for years. He said, I've been under five vicars, and each vicar has been worse than the last. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I have a sense of proportion in all of this. Uh, and, uh, that's not to say the person who's going to come after me is going to be worse than the last. Wouldn't want to put that on him or her uh, at all. But it's just a lovely story of uh, thinking that we are all fallible human beings uh, and that uh, we, we therefore need to acknowledge that it's God working through us. But this window up here, it's a great window. This one was about listening to the words of Christ. That's why we come to church. This one is about loving service to one another as we bless the world through our actions. And this one, to me, has a message of the best is yet to come. The story of the wine running out, uh, and of course the wine ran out at the wedding, and we know the story uh, that uh, Jesus then turned the water into wine, and the wine steward said, this wine is fantastic. He said, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous bottle of wine. He said, how come, well, it was in a jar, but there we are. He said, how come you've saved the best wine till, till the end? He said, most people serve up the best wine first. And then when people are a little bit less discerning, one or two people like that last night. Uh, I wasn't. But uh, when people are less discerning, um, you, you serve the less good wine. But you've saved the best wine till last. How come? And that to me is just a lovely image of thinking that the best is yet to come for St. James. I mean, we're a wonderful part of our evolution development. It's been an amazing privilege to be, be part of this, this journey thus far. John, thank God for John and, and his ministry to us. And John, you know, is, is at the helm of going to be so much. We pray for you, John. I thank you for your friendship and ministry and steering things through 
and the church wardens and the PCC. But the best is yet to come, I believe, with the exciting developments that are all happening in, 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 in the village and how we're going to move things forward. It'll be different, but we cannot possibly believe as Christians that the best is in the past. And I've got something to present to you now, which I think is a visual image of that message I'm trying to communicate. And I thought, well, what can I give? What can Penny and I give to you as a community that will remind you the best is yet to come? And so, inevitably, I turned to Penny and I said, look, could, you, could we maybe donate some, some paintings? And not for in here. You need a faculty for that. Uh, I wouldn't wish that on you. Um, but um, I, I thought, well, two paintings that were actually conceived by Penny in uh, the rectory itself, painted in the rectory, upstairs in the room that she was an art studio at the time, and they reside in Blackburn Cathedral, life-size paintings of the, the crucifixion, the crucifixion of Christ, which you've seen before, uh, and the resurrection. The resurrection is... Paul, if you could hold that one there. Me too. We've Penny signed them on the back, and I'll put a little label on the back too. Uh, so we've got the crucifixion and, and the resurrection, which to me are very much part of what Christianity is about, that we have to go through periods of pain uh, and difficulty, crucifixion. But also, those are not the end of the story. The best is yet to come. Resurrection, resurrection life in the here and now, and in the hereafter. Well, on, the, on that note with the crucifixion and the resurrection here, I'd like to maybe give one to Ed and one to Nicky, if you'd like to come out and just receive them on behalf of the church and we'll find a somewhere for them in the church centre. These church wardens are, as I've said to the archdeacon, the church wardens from heaven. Uh, as have the other church wardens been in my time here. I'm so blessed with the team here. So, Nicky, if you could just take that one and Ed, if you could take that one uh, on, on uh, behalf of the church here now. And may God bless you in the future and all that happens. And hopefully, I'll be invited back one day. But uh, I'm not going just yet. And we've got a big afternoon to get through. Uh, and uh, we've got a great concert here this afternoon to continue to enjoy the community with oomph. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Amen.